Giants fans, thanks for joining me for another episode of Only a Giant. So, I have a lot I want to get to today. I do want to do a Cardinals preview. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the coaching situation with Patrick Graham. I do want to get into kind of an Eli segment here, but we'll discuss one of his uh, one of his games, his rookie year, uh, which I think will be pretty fun. I will take a couple questions. I have a couple voicemails. Uh, anytime you have any questions, guys, just hit me up. I don't mind. Um, anytime you can send it through my DM, you can, you can, uh, you know, tweet right at me. Giant fan. Mike is my personal account. Only a giant underscore 86 is the account for this specific podcast. I'll start with my, my beer of choice for this episode. So I'm going to, I'm going to try this other half phantom diamonds, which is a double dry hopped IPA pretty excited about it. I, I do like double IPAs a lot. I like triple IPAs, IPAs in general. You know, I'm kind of all over the place. I'll, I'll try just about anything. Not a huge fan of sour beer. Uh, my wife likes sour beers. I have some friends that are really big into sour beers, but me personally, uh, you know, not, not really my thing. Um, so yeah, let's open this bad boy up and we'll, we'll, we'll get a little drink and Hey, cheers to all giants fans that are listening to this. Really cheers to any anyone that's listening to us. I appreciate you uh, following me. I appreciate you downloading the episode and listening and, and taking time out of your day to listen to me for that matter. So, yeah, cheers. So, I think I'll start this off talking a little bit about Patrick Graham. Obviously, he's doing an amazing job for the Giants right now. You kind of got to assume that he's going to get some looks as a head coach this season. My thought on that though, it's a process. You don't just all of a sudden become a head coach because you had one good year. That doesn't typically happen. Uh, even look at like Joe judge, you know, he, he worked his tail off to become a head coach in this league. And even the year that the giants hired him, you know, last off season, everyone was shocked. You know, he had, I don't think he had any, maybe he had one or two other interviews with other teams, but no one took him seriously. No one thought that he was a legit coaching candidate, even with the Giants. So I, that's one of the things I want to point out. It's a process. It's not just, oh, you had one good season as a as a defensive coordinator. You're, boom, you're a head coach. And even look at, like, Eric Bieniemy from last year, who, you know, won a Super Bowl with Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes did everything he could do to, you know, cement a coaching position and didn't get it. So it's a process. Next, let's even just look at the teams that are probably going to need a head coach. Lions, Jets, Texans, Falcons, maybe the Bengals. You don't really know on that one. Jaguars, Chargers, maybe (laughs) Dallas, maybe. I kind of hope not. I like McCarthy there. (laughs) I think he's a good fit. For Jerry Jones because Jerry Jones can tell him what to do and, and own him like he like he wants with every coach that he has. He's going to be a yes man. He's going to do whatever Jerry Jones wants him to do. So stay there as long as you can. Please, McCarthy. I don't care what you do. Just stay. So I guess you could say that realistically, though, there's eight possible job openings for a head coach. You kind of got to start, though with current NFL uh, coaches who have some experience. Eric Bieniemy, obviously he's going to be one of the one of the guys right uh, right from the start that's going to get a look. And then you got to look at guys like Wink Martindale who with the Baltimore Ravens, their DC who 
interviewed a bunch of places last year. Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator. The way the league's moving right now with these kind of like run happy quarterbacks, uh, you know, you want to talk about like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. You could even throw in Russell Wilson in that, and, and maybe Daniel Jones. You know, you never know. You got to assume that someone's going to see the work that he's done with Lamar Jackson and want him to come in with some young quarterback and help them develop that guy. Then you got to throw out Jim Harbaugh. You really kind of got to assume that he's going to get another look. His time at Michigan looks to be done. You don't really know, but he was a good NFL coach when he was here. You know, I'm a little bit surprised that he stayed in the college game as long as he has, especially at Michigan where just nothing seems to be working for him. So that's four guys I'm already mentioning. Robert Salah, uh, the San Francisco defensive coordinator. There's rumors already that people are lobbying the Detroit Lions to hire him. He is a a resident of Michigan. I think he grew up there, so it kind of makes sense. He's definitely going to get a look this year. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he becomes a head coach. Then you throw in a couple other guys. Dennis Allen, Saints defensive coordinator, who's had an awesome um, career so far with the Saints as their DC. He actually interviewed with the Dolphins in 2019, and they didn't hire him, but obviously, obviously he's getting looks. Then you throw out Pete Carmichael, uh, the Saints offensive coordinator. You throw out Joe Brady, the uh, Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. You throw out Josh McDaniels, who maybe his time is done with uh, with the, the Patriots. I don't know if he'll want to stay there, if he wants to kind of be part of this weird, weird rebuild, I guess you could kind of call it. Want more? How about Matt Campbell, Iowa State head coach, who has kind of had little rumors here and there that he could become a head coach. Lincoln Riley, uh, always rumors that he's going to go to the NFL. Byron Leftwich, you know, he's, he's doing a really good job with the, well, I don't want to say really good job. He's he's doing a job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you kind of got to assume he might get a look. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve guys that I've mentioned before I've even mentioned Patrick Graham. And you want to know what? I wouldn't be shocked if Jason Garrett got some interviews somewhere as a head coach. It wouldn't shock me. I'd actually be more shocked if Patrick Graham got a job as a head coach this year over Jason Garrett. Do I think Patrick Graham's going to get some interviews? Yes, 100%. He will absolutely get some interviews. Wouldn't shock me if he stays, though. One more year, you know, and if he has another good year this next year, like he did this year, yeah, he's he's gone. So we'll see what happens there. I think he stays at least one more year. We'll see. That's my thoughts on the, on the coaching kind of carousel. It really, you know, it's a process, like I kind of said earlier. It, you don't just all of a sudden become a head coach. Let's get right into the Arizona Cardinals and this week's matchup against them. They're sitting at 6-6. Six and six. They started off the year with actually a really big win against the San Francisco 49ers. You know, at that point, I think everyone still thought 49ers were going to be a really good team. They were, you know, probably going to fight for another chance at a Super Bowl. At this point, you, I don't really think that's the case. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt, but... Is he the answer there? Is, is he there long-term? Is he going to be gone? Mullins has actually decent, I, I think. But you can't probably go forward with that. So it's not as big of a win as, as you kind of thought it was for the Arizona Cardinals to open the year. You know, they beat the Bills on a Hail Mary, which super lucky. That doesn't normally happen. They beat the Seahawks once, which, which is a big win. Uh, but they also lost to them once. They beat the Jets. They beat the Redskins. They beat the Cowboys. Then you look at their losses. They lost to the Pats. They lost to the Rams. 
They lost to the Dolphins. They lost to the Lions. Seahawks, I already mentioned, and then the Panthers. So, 2-4 and four in their last six games. Uh, not overly impressive as far as the team that they beat. Uh, Kyler Murray's had a, had a pretty good year so far. He's thrown for almost 3,000 yards. He's thrown for 22 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. They've ran the ball really well this year. Their main target is DeAndre Hopkins. He's got 85 catches on 116 targets. He's already over 1,000 yards. He's got five touchdowns. Your next closest receiver is Christian Kirk with 35 receptions. Well, I'm sorry. Actually, Larry Fitzgerald has 43 receptions, but he has less yards. And then you kind of look at, you know, Chase Edmonds has 42 catches. And, and that's about it. So... There's not a, you know, they don't spread the ball around a lot. Defensively, they've played okay so far. It's been pretty interesting to see them hardly use Isaiah Simmons. He actually cost them a game a couple weeks ago. Uh, Byron Murphy's playing really well. Buda Baker's playing really well. So they have some pieces. You know, Patrick Peterson's still there, but he hasn't played great this year. I'm kind of curious if they ever decide to move him to a safety position to kind of end his career out. Obviously, they have Marcus Golden which is pretty cool seeing him there. They have Chandler Jones, who is on IR this year, so that doesn't really help them. As far as the actual Arizona Cardinals, you know, they're ranked ninth in points offensively. They're ranked sixth in yards. Uh, Defensively, they're ranked 18th in yards and 14th in points. Um, That's according to profootballreference.com. I guess let's start with this. I think the biggest keys – to beating the Arizona Cardinals, and it might be kind of obvious. It's Car- it's Kyler Murray. It's stopping Kyler Murray. Kind of the same game plan that we just had against uh, Russell Wilson. Let's let's not let him scramble. Let's not let him beat us with his legs. He's gonna try. You know, he has over 600 yards already this year running the ball. But let's keep him in front of us. Let's let's you know stay gap disciplined. Let's stay disciplined on the backside so he can't roll out. And then covering DeAndre Hopkins. That's going to be a big big challenge for uh, probably Bradbury. I bet you Bradbury follows him around. Andy Isabella is going to be super fast. You know, he's going to be the deep threat target. We got to cover him. That's obviously important. And just kind of, kind of the same game plan as what we had with Seattle. That might not work well because they just saw us execute that plan against Seattle. They can use that tape. So we may have to switch some things up. But... You know, QB spy on on uh, Kyler Murray. Maybe we have McKinney in the game a little bit more to kind of help with that. The keys for the Giants offensively, it's kind of, you know, it's going to be the same stuff. Let's run the ball. Let's commit to the run. Let's not have a first half of no offense. It'll be curious to see if Daniel Jones plays. I kind of assume he's going to. But... But let's put this game away offensively so that there's not so much pressure on the defense. I do think this is a very winnable game. I think that this is a game that we can dominate. You know, we can establish the fact that we're a better team um, and then go from there. It certainly would be nice to see a little pressure put on Justin Pugh and maybe get a sack or two on him just for all time's sake. I think the keys to this game kind of already said it a little bit, but establish the run. We need to keep the running game moving. That will also set up play action. Let's let's get you know the running game going and let, have have them bite on some play action plays. Maybe hit a couple plays downfield. We need to stretch the the field a little bit more this week, Ben. And and if Daniel Jones is back into the game, we should be able to do that. 
this defense isn't bad, but I think there it's certainly there are certainly areas that we we can just take advantage of, and I think we need to make sure we do that. Like the linebackers, take advantage of the linebackers. My next key to the game obviously will be the defense. I think the defensive line really needs to step up, and the linebackers need to step up. Uh, linebackers, you know, stay disciplined. That you did great with that last week. Let's not have a letdown. They almost played too good last week because I feel like anything that happens this week, if they score a touchdown, you're like, oh, you know, what the frick? What are we doing? Um, keep Kyler Murray in the pocket. Make him throw the ball. Make them run the ball. Run, run all you guys. Run all you want. Just keep. Kyler Murray in the pocket. I think if we keep him in the pocket, limit big plays. They, they you know, kind of like the, the Seattle Seahawks, they always have big plays, it seems like. Uh, they had that wide open play to a tight end last week for like for a pretty long touchdown. Limit the big plays. I think that's going to be key as well. And then special teams. Let's, let's fix the issues. Let's not have a block punt. Let's not have a kick return for a touchdown. Let's let's have a kick return on our end. You know why can't why can't we do it? You know, Dion Lewis is like safe back there. He catches the ball. He does the right thing, but he's not explosive. I, I'd really like to see Dante Pettis get a look this week, if possible, and see how he does. You know, hang on to the ball. Hopefully, we're coaching him up. I gotta assume he, at least he has been practicing, but he's still been inactive since we signed him. Score prediction: I would say, let's go twenty-eight. 17 let's get a two score win let's dominate this game it wouldn't shock me if it's a little bit closer it's so easy to overlook teams when you when you're kind of feeling high and you're feeling good about your team but I believe in this coaching staff I think this coaching staff will do a really good job with keeping us on point with keeping us from you know reading the the clippings the highlights hopefully we can kind of stay focused I smell a win and and I think it's going to lead to some more wins in the future so, yeah, let's go with that. We do actually have an NFL game tonight to watch, which is going to be the New England Patriots against the Los Angeles Rams. Rams will be at home. I think that's going to be a Los Angeles Rams win. You know, the Patriots traveling. Uh, I feel like the Patriots offense is so one-dimensional that if, it, if a, a good defensive team will know how to shut them down, and I think that's what the Rams are. The Rams, the Rams will be able to shut them down uh, pretty easily. Let's go through the rest of the NFL schedule. Uh, Titans, Jags, uh, I would say Sunday at one. That, that's an easy Titans win. Vikings, Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to come out swinging this week, and they're going to get a win. Uh, they're going to make Kirk Cousins look silly. Everyone's kind of down on the Buccaneers right now. I am too, but I it's hard to ever count Tom Brady out. Uh, Bruce Arians is a good coach, even though he's an idiot sometimes as well. I think Bucks are gonna are gonna come back and win that game. Though it might be close, but but they're gonna win. Next will be Chiefs at Dolphins. Uh, that's probably a game that the Chiefs will win. Um, they're just a better team. Dolphins are a really well coached team. They're up and coming. I would say if uh, Tua starts, definitely gonna lose. If if Fitzpatrick starts, maybe they have a chance. But I'm I'm still going Chiefs. Next will be Panthers at Broncos. Uh, Panthers, they might get Christian McCaffrey back. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's looked pretty good. Overall, you know, they've played decent. They're going to win. They're going to beat the Broncos. Next will be Texans versus the Bears at the Bears. Uh, Texans win that easy. The Bears aren't going anywhere this year. Uh, good defense. Offense just isn't 
what it needs to be. Trubisky isn't the answer. Nick Foles isn't the answer. They're going to have to to go after someone to fix that issue at quarterback. Uh, Cowboys Bengals. You, you kind of would think the Cowboys can win this game, but I'm going to go Bengals. I think that I think their coach needs to prove Zach Taylor that he is a good coach in the NFL. He's kind of on the hot seat. I I think. You know, you can't really fault him for the Joe Burrow injury, but the offensive line was so bad all year. He had to put the, put Joe Burrow in, in some better positions to not get hit so much. Next game is Colts at Raiders. Raiders have been pretty underwhelming. I know they beat the Jets this week, but, man, they barely beat the Jets. They beat the Jets because the Jets wanted to lose that game. Well, maybe that's not true. They beat the Jets because Greg Williams is an idiot. How about that? Um, so I'm going to say Colts with that. That's a 405 game. Next, looking at Jets Seahawks. I think Seahawks are, are going to come out angry after just getting embarrassed, uh, and they're going to they're going to pound the Jets. Packers Lions easy, honestly. Packers Lions have been playing a little bit better since they fired Patricia, but Packers are going to win that game pretty handily. Falcons Chargers, <laughs> kind of a a battle of the teams that like to blow leads. I'm going Falcons. I think they have a little bit more experience. Uh, they're playing pretty good for their new head coach, assistant, interim head coach, whatever you want to call him. Washington 49ers. It's hard to not be biased on this game because I want to say 49ers win this game, but I'm I'm nervous about it. It'll be curious. It'll be interesting to, to watch Alex Smith play back in California for his old team. I think 49ers can can honestly win this game though. I like Alex Smith. I, I'm not saying he's a bad co- quarterback, but, man, he just checks the ball down so much. You know, when you have a team that can prepare for him from the start, I, I think I think 49ers actually can win this game and help the Giants out. Saints-Eagles. Saints-Eagles have just been playing so bad of late. You know, this whole benching Carson Wentz thing, I guess I understand the idea of it because you want to see what you have in Jalen Hurts. But you're paying – Carson Wentz so much money you can't get out of that contract anytime soon you can try to trade him if you want but you're still going to get hit I maybe maybe it's just you know hey let's see what we have and next year it's going to be Carson Wentz and you just kind of know it's going to be Carson Wentz I don't know it's just weird it's Saints Saints win that game though next you're looking at Steelers Bills that's the Sunday night game that should be a, a really fun game Steelers are going to probably going to come out a little angry as well because of their loss Monday night against the Redskins. Bills are a good team. They're still a little young. I almost want to say they're still a little bit inexperienced. I think the Steelers are the better team, and the Steelers will come out ahead on that game. Monday night, we have an actual Monday night football game without Tuesday games, without a 5 o'clock Monday game, all these weird times that we've had lately. Ravens versus Browns. That is a, a fun, fun game. Uh, you know, it's a, a rivalry game. They're in the same division. Browns are at home. Can the Browns prove that they're for real? You know, last week they had a big win against the Titans. They kind of punched them in the mouth. Uh, Baker Mayfield was throwing all over the place. Ravens had a big win on Tuesday, though, too, against Dallas. Uh, home for the Browns. I think they can pull this out. I think it'll be close. It wouldn't shock me to see the Ravens win because the Browns are the Browns. I, I still don't believe that they're this all of a sudden amazing organization. Stefanski has done a really good job with them. I just don't think they're there yet. 
but maybe that'll bite me in the butt thinking that because we play them next week. So, and I think that is actually the game that got flexed. Is that next week? Yeah, that's next week. So that'll be a, a Sunday night football game. That'll be a fun matchup. Uh, we'll talk about that obviously next week. So that's all I have for the like little pick'em section. I honestly, I really wasn't planning on doing that, but last second I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's do it. Uh, I think it's fun picking games. It's kind of a crapshoot. It's a little bit more fun when you have someone to pick against. So if anyone out there wants to, you know, do a little pick them section, that'd be that'd be fun. If anyone wants to get in that with me, um, I think I'll probably get into some voicemails that I have, and then and then after that, I think we'll do a little Eli section, which which should be should be kind of fun because obviously the show is called Only a Giant which is like an homage to Eli Manning, who's, you know, I've said this in the first episode, but one of the best giants that we've ever had. So we should celebrate that. Yeah, let's celebrate that a little bit. So let's get to the voicemails first, I guess. I think we're going to start off with this first voicemail from Ryan. So, uh, yeah, let's hear it. Hey, Mike, Ryan in Baldensville. Um, big win last night against the Seahawks on the road. Um, just wanted to hear your on the Giants coaching staff this year. What do you think of the job they've done so far? Um, Joe Judge, obviously everyone's loving him right now. We love the direction he's, um, the direction the team is heading with him in charge. Um, but what are some things that maybe we're not noticing about um, Joe Judge that, that he could improve upon himself as the season progresses? But um, thanks. Look forward to your thoughts. See you, Mike. Ryan, thanks for the question, man. Um... I think one thing that I, I, I think we still could improve upon are penalties. We're having some issues with, you know, timely penalties. And that happened a little bit more in the beginning of the year. You know, that uh, that field goal attempt that we actually faked it on and there was a, a, a penalty on that. That was against Dallas. I mean, that, that was a big play and we had a penalty on it. I would also say this week we had the untimely defensive holding I guess they called it on a, a pivotal third down for Seattle where we got called for holding so I would just say penalties we have to improve the penalties it's it's really hard right now because I, I do think Joe Judge is doing an amazing job with pretty much everything that we've done so far but I think going forward it'll be really interesting to see if he continues to be able to get players to buy in to what he is preaching Another thing that I'm interested to see is kind of personnel-wise, what are we going to do? Are we never going to assign people to long-term extensions? You know, do we not want to pay the, the top-tier guys, kind of like the Patriots always did? They focused a little bit more on secondary, I would think, so they just kind of let people walk. So that could be telling right away with Delvin Tomlinson, with Leonard Williams, to see what we kind of do with them. And even next year, when you get into, like, Evan Ingram, you know, what do we do with him next year? Those are some of the things I don't want to say that Joe Judge needs to improve on because he's doing really good so far. But penalties, I, I would definitely think, need to be improved on. And then I'm just curious to see how things go moving forward. Some more thoughts on different parts of the coaching staff. I think Freddie Kitchens has done a really great job on the tight ends. They've been so involved in the pat, or sorry, the uh, the running game. Caden Smith has been developing into a really nice blocker. Evan Ingram's actually been doing really well lately as well as a blocker. Levine Taiolo, I don't know if he's been as advertised, you know, with what we thought he would be, but he's still a capable blocker. He catches the ball for the most part when we throw it to him. He's doing a pretty good job. I don't 
foresee him leaving anytime soon to, you know, get a head coaching job or anything like that. But maybe he could leave somewhere in BNOC or something like that. Jason Garrett, you know, he's doing okay. I was really excited when we first hired him because I thought, you know what? He's going to be great with Daniel Jones. He worked with Zeke, so he's going to be great for Saquon Barkley. I haven't been impressed, though. His his offense still seems a little bit archaic. Like, we're just doing a lot of things that may have worked 10 years ago. And, and we're not really evolving, I guess is the right word. I, I hope we can get better. And, you know, there has been improvement. You can't complain about that. But you can't have Daniel Jones having to play a perfect game to score 25 points or, you know, whatever we scored in these last couple where he's been involved in. We need to take some more shots downfield. I'm just, I'm not overly impressed with Jason Garrett so far. The running game certainly has come along, but is that product of the blocking? Is that product of Joe Judge saying, hey, dude, why are we not running the ball in the first half against the Seattle Seahawks? What's going on? That'll be interesting to see how that evolves the rest of the year. And then what's the plan going forward? You know, is he going to be our OC next year? Is he going to get a head coaching job somewhere? I'd kind of, you know, for Daniel Jones' sake, I'd, I'd kind of like him to stay another year so that he isn't having another offensive coordinator next year, unless it's like Shaplinski or something like that, the quarterback's coach. I guess that would that would be fine. I just hope that the offense can evolve a little bit more. Patrick Graham's been doing a great job. He, he's super versatile with, with everything he's doing. Beginning of the year – Maybe he was working out the kinks a little bit too. The defense was decent, not great, not like it is right now. You know, that Philly game with him sitting on the bench after the game, just sitting there by himself, was really kind of a low point of of his career here. Um, ever since then, he's really stepped it up. I think we've done a, a really good job with everything. But he, I, th- I still think he could probably improve a little bit. We could get a little bit better play out of our linebackers, I think, especially against a run. You know, Carter Coughlin, I like what I'm seeing out of him, but the couple times he got ran at, you know, they, they were not not good on the defensive side. They were good games on the offensive side. That's, you know, my, my really big thoughts on, on the coaching staff so far. Thanks for the question, though, Ryan. That's actually a really good question. I appreciate that. So let's get into another question. I have a question here from Sean who does not like my take on Batman Superman. Oops. Hey, Mike, this is Sean from North Carolina. I just want to make a comment on your first show. I think it's blasphemy that you think that Superman could beat Batman ever, which leads me to my question. Do you think, who do you think would win, Deadpool or Wolverine? Great show. Love listening to you. (laughs) Sean, thanks for the call, man. Hey, you know, I'm not big into Superman. I'm not big into Batman. You know, I, I do like the Batman movies. I like, uh, you know, the Joker movies. That most recent Joker movie was pretty wild. When that movie ended, my wife and I just kind of stared at each other for a little bit. It was a messed up movie. Um, but all I can go off is, you know, Batman needs tools. He needs his, his you know, technology from the company that he owns he needs he needs things superman is just superman you know he he has the capability built into him he doesn't need other things he doesn't need other people now yeah batman gets kryptonite sure he he might be screwed the other part of your question deadpool or wolverine 
that's easy. I'm going to go with Deadpool. Deadpool can't die. Deadpool regrows things. Deadpool's awesome. That might also be something to do with the fact that I really like Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I think he's awesome. He's a great actor. He's funny. He's very versatile. So, yeah, that's easy, man. That's, that's, that's Deadpool all the way, easily. Thank you for the question, though, Sean. I appreciate it. My next question comes from Kyle in Hastings, who actually asked the original question about Batman and Superman. Hey, Mike. Kyle calling in from Hastings. Quick question. With the NFEs being so close in record, do the Giants have a chance to make playoffs? If so, how do they do it? Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Kyle, thanks for the question, man. Um, yeah, they definitely have a chance for the playoffs. I'd actually be more surprised if they didn't make the playoffs at this point. Uh, with the Redskins being the Steelers, it does get a little bit trickier. They're still, at this point, the main um, hurdle in the way of, of the Giants making the playoffs. But we have everything on our side. You know, we, we beat them twice. Um, they have a tough schedule coming up. Not quite as tough as what we have. But really, our biggest chance at making the playoffs is winning the division. As a wild card, probably not going to happen. Uh, so really, we have to we have to just focus on winning the division. I think that Week 17 game will probably come down to, you know, if we win, we're in. If we lose, the Redskins might get it. I think at this point, with the Cowboys losing to the Ravens, they're probably just about out of it. I think we need to try to get to, you know, seven, seven wins, maybe, maybe eight, eight and eight would be awesome. Nine and seven would be amazing. Probably not realistic though. So yeah, winning the division. I think that's definitely the key. Uh, thanks for the question, Kyle. So guys, I want to do something that's a little bit different. Um, and I kind of talked about this a little bit in my intro episode. I want to do a little bit with Eli Manning and I kind of want to go through some games of his career each episode or at least maybe each preview episode, but we'll kind of figure that out as we go. And kind of just talk about the game itself, maybe stats from the game, stuff like that. And I thought a perfect game to start off with because I've never really done this podcast stuff before. Eli Manning was a rookie in the NFL at this point. So let's let's start off with his, his, uh, his rookie game. The first game he started, uh, which was against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, at that moment, the Giants were five and five, and the Atlanta Falcons were eight and two. Uh, Atlanta had a pretty good defense at that point; they had a lot of good players on their team. Giants were just kind of hovering, you know. They were five and five. Kurt Warner had been starting previous to this, and he really wasn't doing anything wrong, but he wasn't really doing anything good either. You know, just this is going off memory. I believe that we hadn't had any completions or any touchdown throws to a wide receiver on the team. The offense was just so bland and so boring. Um, some key players to, to think about for this game, obviously Michael Vick was starting for Atlanta Falcons. Work Dunn was there. Uh, TJ Duckett. I mean, these are names that kind of really bring back memories. Algie Crumpler, uh, <laughs> if anyone remembers him. Keith Brooking. I mean, so many. D'Angelo Hall. D'Angelo Hall was there at this point. A lot of um, a lot of names that you just kind of forget about over the years, so it's really cool to to kind of go back and have a little bit of a flashback with that. Jay Feely was kicking for the Atlanta Falcons, if anyone remembers him, obviously, um, and he was actually having a pretty good year that year. I think he he hit a, he hit a sixty one yard field goal that year too. So for the Giants, obviously Eli Manning's making his you know first career start. Uh, Tiki Barber is the halfback. Ron Dane's there. Uh, Jeremy Shockey, 
Jim Finn, Ike Hilliard, Amani Toomer, Marcellus Rivers, Nick Greeson, Carlos Emmett. I mean, so many players that you just kind of like, wow. OC was there, OC Uminiora, Will James. <laughs> uh, just so many, so many good names. Reggie Torbor, <laughs> Will Allen, Fred Robbins, Norman Hand, Curtis DeLoach. Wow. Uh, Willie Ponder, just so so many, so many good names. Jeff Eagles was there at that point, obviously. Going in the future, by the way, you know, I don't, I like our current situation with Riley Dixon, but I'd love to see Jeff Eagles' son come on and be our punter at some point. Wouldn't that be cool? So the game starts off pretty rough for the Giants. You know, they're down fourteen nothing right away, pretty much. Eli Manning threw a pick in the first quarter, or first half, sorry, and then he threw another pick in the second half. He was 17 for 37 on the game, threw 162 yards, threw 462 yards. Tiki Barber ran for 107 yards on 20 on rushing attempts. Jeremy Shockey had a touchdown catch. And actually, this is the audio from that touchdown catch. I, I thought it was kind of cool because that's Eli Manning's first career throw for a touchdown. And it went to one of my favorite Giants. It went, you know, from my favorite Giant to one of my favorite Giants. I've always loved Jeremy Shockey. He had so much fire. He was such a competitor. It kind of sucks he went out the way he did, and you kind of feel bad for him that he wasn't involved with the Super Bowl. It is what it is, but you kind of always got to gotta respect Jeremy Shockey's game. And, yeah, here's the audio from that. So it kind of seemed fitting that uh, Shockey was the one that caught that. <laughs> it kind of seemed like throughout his career with the Giants, um, Shockey always kind of gave Eli some shit. Um, I don't know if that's really true or not. It just always seemed like he, on the field, complained and you know wanted the ball a little bit more. Kind of like a certain ex-Giant we all know, huh? Okay. Who also just came out and, and is talking about how he wished he would have retired a Giant and yada, yada, yada. You know... I don't disagree with anything that Odell is saying in that most recent interview where he, you know, thought he was going to retire a giant and he, and he wanted to be here and he was upset that the giants didn't try to focus on building around Eli a little bit more towards the end of his career. But I don't know about any of you guys. I remember that ESPN interview where he kept saying the quarterback and uh, Kim Jones, he'd be like, so Eli Manning's the problem. And he'd be like, yeah, the quarterback dude, I, I'll always appreciate Odell's time in New York. I have some of his jerseys. I actually have a couple of his jerseys. I liked him as a player. But the sideline antics, the the other issues with him, you know, you're going to have it a little bit, I think, with, with NFL players. But it was too much. And I think that when we drafted Saquon Barkley, that was kind of the, the beginning of the end. That wasn't, you know, everyone gets mad about that 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 you know, drafting Saquon Barkley. It wasn't just drafting Saquon Barkley. It wasn't just drafting running back at number two. It was a generational talent, but it was also moving on from Odell. It was having someone that you could move as the move to as the face of the franchise, getting away from Odell. And, and you know, if Odell was traded at that moment, they had someone to kind of step in and fill in that role if they were comfortable with it. I think that really had a big part of us, of us drafting Saquon Barkley and sticking with that pick 
because we needed a face of the franchise. The Giants always seem to have a face of the franchise. Obviously, at that point, Eli Manning is kind of on his way out. Odell Beckham's, you know, having great years, getting hurt here and there, but also starting to have some issues, starting to have some weird videos showing up of him in the offseason. And he's, you know, obviously after this all happened, you have the the ESPN interview with Kim Jones. So I think a lot of it, eh, some of it had to do with the face of the franchise and who they wanted to represent the New York Giants. And I think that had something to do with getting rid of JPP, getting rid of, you know, I, I, I guess I could say Bobby Hart, although his play was enough of a reason to get rid of him. But I'll always go back to that that um, in, the interview with Eli Manning when he got benched, and you know the next week that the next week Geno Smith starts. But in that interview, you know Eli's fighting back tears. He's trying to talk to the reporters. He's trying to do his duty to the NFL and tell them what's going on. And you can just sit there in the background and you hear JPP chuckling and giggling and laughing, and you hear Bobby Hart, <laughs> and you got you have this legendary quarterback right behind you doing an interview and and you don't have the respect to get away from the cameras, get away from the mics. You're just sitting there goofing around being idiots after a loss, no less. If that was this year, Jabril Peppers would be smacking some people around, holding people accountable for their actions. I think that's one of the things that always that this team missed in the, in the past. It's just a bad look. And I think, you know, changing the look the perception of the team was was such a big thing at that moment and then you kind of get into firing pat Shermer. it's kind of a a slippery slope i don't know that i want to get down that road completely but i do think part of bringing joe judge in here and, and his philosophy and his model was team first and we haven't had that since coughlin and even when when coughlin was here he tried preaching team first so much and i don't know that the players always completely bought into it but they did eventually buy into it. So that's my podcast, guys. Thanks for thanks for joining me for another episode. Um, I'll probably have another episode out next week, early next week, now that I, I've gotten the kinks worked out a little bit. Um, hopefully Monday or Tuesday we'll have a good review, a, a winning review too, by the way. Um, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate everyone that's downloading and that's listening. Any um, feedback, I will always appreciate. Uh, constructive criticism is never a bad thing. So, yeah, we'll kind of go from there. For now, uh, let's go Giants. Let's get a big win. Let's freaking go. Let's go.